Get Real with Lisa Crown podcast. Excited to be here. Not only am I interviewing a title legend, but I'm interviewing my buddy. This guy is my buddy right here. Um, for those of you who are on my podcast listening to us, you cannot see, but we are both wearing sunglasses. It's a little insider joke. We are. But who, those who can see us live, because we do send some of these out live, we are in sunglasses today. That's how my buddy rolls. See, I have pink eye, and he doesn't want me to uh, <laughs> be on this thing without his support. So thank you so much for being here today, Mr. Anthony Andres from Tycor Title Inland Empire. Been in the business 17 years as a title executive. You know what he did before that? He was a truck driver, driving in a truck all over the place, dropping off goods. And he went from truck driver to title sales executive, organic grower, by the way, in title. I'm, I'm not saying like crops, crops. I'm saying, yeah. So title orders, he organically grew himself up to the top 5% in the nation. Let me one up that real quick because it matters through the 17 years. He's had years where he's been at the top 2% in the entire country. That's some that's some major growth there. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Anthony Andre. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Clap. Do you have someone in the background? Team manager. Hector, Hector's not clapping. Uh, Anthony Andre, thank you for being here today and sharing your words of wisdom with my listeners. My elite clubbers appreciate you so much. So let's kick this thing off. So you went from truck driver to being in the top two, top 5% in the entire country in sales. How the hell did you swing that? Like, how, how does that happen? Give, give me some color well, on that. Well, I want to tell you, because your club's in here. I'm also, one, one thing I'm very, very famous for that probably not many people are famous for. I'm probably one of the only people that ever been kicked out of your group by you reinstated and then kick back out. And then you had to make an actually the sweat hogs for those of you old enough, welcome back harder, that you had to make my own category, like when your mom has to make you a special helper. So that's what I'm famous for too. I've actually been kicked out of your group twice. But yeah, you, but you know what you can't be, you went back in for summer school. That was impressive. I think I got in trouble because we were on a conference call and I said somebody was saying they couldn't get into a closed office. I said, This is bullshit. And you're like, okay, you're out. Right. <laughs> I go, no way he cusses. I love him. He's in. Yeah. Actually, I can give you extra credit. So, uh, I mean, because we have time, limited time. So, uh, I drove for 23 years. My parents owned a trucking company. I am a high school dropout. I only wanted to drive a truck my whole life. So, when I got to about 11th, 10th, 11th grade, my dad said, you're wasting people's time. You might as well come work hard. And I think he was trying to deter me. But I thought it was amazing because... Being a kid that was ADD, probably my day, they called it dumb. I'm 58 years old. So they called you real names. They didn't get that soft stuff anymore. They're like, hey, you're dumb. Uh, I just thought that that would be the greatest thing ever in my life to drive a truck because they went somewhere and I could stay up. And it was really spoke to me. But I was that time I was 17. So one day I find myself at age 40 on the side of the road going to uh, Tennessee. I had a really top paying union job and I was on my way uh, to Tennessee. We were running really hard. So I was running by myself and I had an epiphany, which back now looking back, it was a panic attack. So I was, I got pulled over, I pulled over on the side of the road. I had this crazy feeling that, um, I didn't want to drive anymore. And so I pulled over and I'm not going to leave a hundred thousand dollar a year job. I'm 40. I got three kids in private school and they ain't coming out for a shoot. And uh, my wife, who's a real estate agent was, this is 0405 having a crazy good career. So I pull over to the side of the road and I just pray to God. I'm like, make this go away. And um, my brain said, I'm don't want to drive ever again. So I called the company told them I'm bringing the truck back. They told me I'm insane. They're not taking, they would never take my, uh, my resignation. But I said, that truck will have the keys in it that night, which it did. I never drove another foot in my career. So that was a uh, Friday, um, June 
It was June 8th, uh, 2005. The next day, June 10th, I was in the title business. I had a friend, my wife's um, title rep, who's a legend in my area, John Perez, who's amazing, mm -hmm. uh, said, hey, he showed up in my house. I thought, you know, he's like, you're a loser and you don't got a job right now. He said, you're going to be in title. And I'm like, well, what does tile do? So I called it tile for about a good year. Um, and he started running a company called Tycor, which was at that time the new Tycor because it just had come back out of hibernation. So I uh, called it Tricor for two years, which oh is a medicine, not, um, so imagine folks that can't see me, I'm like Chris Farley of title. I'm a bigger boy, I'm still big, but, um, and then I took the title world by storm as a ex-union truck driver with the attitude. So did you weave that messaging in when you were out in the world? Yeah, I was like Tommy boy. I was a force that you, when you saw, I, let's just say I don't, you know, look good in a suit. Um, I went to men's warehouse and bought three suits. Big that man I, in a little that, suit. Yeah, call it, that hurts. Um, anyway, yeah, I was a big, yeah, fat boy. And, uh, but one thing, you know, I was always about me. I was never, ever competitive. But when I, would drive a truck, I would make the most money. I would work as hard as I had to. I would work 24 seven, but I didn't have a competitive spirit until I got into title and it happened when somebody, I was brand new and a rep just kind of dusted me up. Like gave me, you know, what you do, what experienced legendary reps did. They, they, they dusted you up, they, they, they messed with you. And I told the guy, and this got me in my first bit of trouble. I said, I will kill you. Know that. Because like he was giving me, he was talking crap to me in front of people. I'm like, we can go outside anytime. Like, and I was like, so my manager, John's like, you, you know, you can't be like that. You, you can't go you know, fight people, you know? And I was like, you're right. Okay. That, but I was so bad. But later on in life, I realized, yeah, that's what happens. You know, I, I went up against legendary people. I mean, also, too, because my wife was in business, I was a student of the game. I knew the names. I knew the legendary reps. Every rep I went against was 25 plus in the business. I mean, great technicians. I don't know a lot about title. That's why I have people behind me for that. But I know how to sell. So they would get me on that. They were like, you know, he doesn't know how to spell title. He calls it tile, you know. <laughs> so those are the things that made me stronger i just built myself to be a better just survivor and then i hit the bad market which you know was terrible for somebody brand new that's only two years two years in the business the business completely falls yeah. so to me what helped me too is finding people like yourself like that was my problem with this business. And I've talked, nobody tells you anything in this business. You were the first person that I found out that they, we have a coach, like somebody to talk to, because when you get in this business, it's like the mob. Like nobody tells you shit. Can I cuss on this? Or they're, they're going to be in trouble. No, no, you cuss. But I just was like, even people that work in your own company wouldn't tell you, like they wouldn't give you any help. Like when I drove a truck, I always went to people and asked them, hey, what was that road like? Where, is there a bridge that like they would help you? But here it was like no one would help you because and that's still that way, because I realized that it's we may have to fight later on. And it really it really messed with me. So I said to myself later, if I ever get anywhere in life, I'm going to try to be a beacon. I'm going to try to help people, whether through my faults or through my mistakes. But when I found you, which I'm not giving the commercial, like you were one of the people that I was like, you've helped me personally. I talked to you about contract negotiation. Like, I, you know, we're friends. And I just try to find when I see that. Now, when I see somebody new in the field, I'll dust them up because it's a rite of passage. But if I see somebody that, you know, they look like they need a little help, I will. I try to impart the little wisdom that I know. Like you said, I built this out of nothing. There was 
literally nothing. And I feel for those people because I think it comes from I'm different than everybody. You are. Let me tell you this. I've coached over a thousand people. Let me tell you why you stand out so much to me. I swear to God. And it's a big reason. I fully, firmly believe you have the success that you do. You have the biggest heart I've ever seen in a human being. You remember every little teeny detail. You remember every date. People's lives on layers matter to you. And that is rare. It's you don't see it as often. You don't see it often, but you that like, I, I love the way you love me. Can I just say that publicly? I, you are, you are my, even though you've been asked, you're my best student, <laughs> but your giving heart pours into why there's captivation and why your clients are so loyal to you. It's, or, it's organic. You don't even try. Can I just say that? I think sometimes people really try. You don't try. It's just who you are. And that I want my listeners to listen to that. I, I, you inspire me, Anthony. I want people to learn that a giving spirit is the, is a gateway for opportunity, for feeling good, for filling up, for inspiring people, for changing people's lives, for loyalty, all these things. It really starts from that giving heart. That is your it factor by a mile. So you know how I discovered that? How? So to be a successful rep, it's like being a kid. You go through your teenage years, you go through your growth years, and you go through your acceptance years of what you are. But somebody, I am very, very hard to deal with and handle because I'm this, um, my wife, my wife calls me after 30 years. I'm like a golden retriever puppy. I'll pee all the <laughs> lick you to death. I, I'm just, boundless. and it's a lot to deal with because I am always on like, this is me rolling out of bed. This is me. But somebody changed my life one day. And they said to me this, they said, Anthony, you have to run your business and your clientele as it is a Gucci bag. What you put in, imagine you're giving these Gucci bags to each client. You have to have A's and you have to have B's and you have to have C's. And the business that you're in, you need to recognize that an A could be a C and a C could become an A. And I did that. You know, a lot of times I've learned the most important things. Before I married my beautiful wife, I got fired by two jobs in the same day before we got married. Looking back, it's the things that it didn't happen to me. It happened because of me and it came the things that change and it may be. So to me, those are the lessons. I always learned them all. My thing was when I broke my business down and recently a client told me, you put something on Facebook and not a lot. I'm not super emotional. I, 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 um, I, I just, it meant a lot to me because the guy said that you're not in the title business. You're in the people business. And that's why when people, when I stopped approaching clients about what's in it for me, it's like women. You go into a single bar. I'm a let's get it on kind of guy. I'm not let's just sit around and dance. But when women are real good about that, they, they can pick up that kind of jive shit. They can understand like you're here for one reason. And you have to have that to take the shot. To walk into a room as a rep and, and have to drag things out of the air to try to connect things is like a comedian trying to do crowd work but when i realized it's a people business i'm going to try to put 20 years of our friendship in 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 five minutes but people have to know that you care about them that's right and if you don't then you're every rep that's trying to get business so when agents there are some great reps i mean there's so many people that i admire in this in this business and this brand and Mark man wearing the Brian Lipsy, like that they're, they're even not in my area that I admire, but I also understand they're not me. So part of, I think what makes us unique is I come from that never getting to sit at the popular table. Like you're in school. You're just, I don't fit into that model. I'm a big boy. I don't look good in a suit. I wear Tommy Bahama. I basically look like that Goomba you see in, 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 in Florida. 
Stop. But also it became my secret sauce, quoting Miss Lisa Crown Verna, uh, that she, that I needed to know who I am and I'm okay that way. Like for all of us that didn't fit in, that becomes your secret sauce because I have to outwork you. And that's why I love the book Winning, you know, with Tim oh, Grover. Best book. Because when somebody comes to me, now what happened through knowing you, you know, you just start doing a little good, and then they go, you know what? You the shit. We think you should build the team and the the done. You're like, I'm dumb. They don't realize it. I have a team of people. And uh, somebody famously told me, fire all these fuckers and you just have assistants. Thank you, Mrs. Crown. Uh, <laughs> but it's the truth. You're up all my secrets. But, but, you know, but the problem being is you can cut all that out. It's just that it was you spoke to me because you were you are one of me. You are a top rep. And that's how reps are. Either you are one of us or you're not. And if you can't do what I do, then I don't almost can't, I don't have, a, like, I don't, you don't understand how it is to go in a closed office. You don't know how it is to go somewhere where people didn't invite you. You don't know how it is where I got to compete against people that are 20 years more in the business than me. Right. And I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Now I'm saying that is my secret, is my, my Achilles heel. But let me tell you something for people to listen. I did do something that they didn't do. When I was in the field and still to this day, I have a hit list, which means anybody I compete against, I have your strength and I have your weaknesses written down. And if we lock up, I ain't going to mess with you on your strength. Like if somebody knows heavy they were a title officer, we ain't going to get into what a prelim is. But what I do know about you is I know your weakness. You don't know this. And then you ain't funny. And that goes a long way. Yes. So to me, it's become my superpower. But the thing that most changed my trajectory other than meeting you is having a friend like yourself to be able to bounce things off or like I'm lost in this. When, you, when I came in your coaching program, I was just doing enough. I mean, I was just a okay-ish rep. I hadn't quite broken the barrier of the, of the figure I wanted. I was kind of looking for help. Well, I mean, is your company going to try to make you bigger than them? I mean, that's kind of where I struggled in my teenage years were like, they're against me. Then later on, you realize like, they're for me, you know, but I needed to figure out a reason why I need to be one of their people that they can trust mm -hmm. to go out and get that market share. So when I found you, I just, it's not a commercial for you folks. It's, it's she came, you came at a time that I needed some direction. Not that I didn't ever hear that treat people well. It's the way you said it because it was right. You said define your business. Don't waste time on C's and D's. Let the team do that. I'm A's and B's and bring a B to an A. Mm -hmm. And you needed to change my direction that you also said you're your fucking problem. Which <laughs> not a lot of people said to me. But it was true. I was standing in I didn't say fuck. Okay. You didn't? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to talk like a sailor like you. <laughs> I love that. that you spoke, here's the deal. You did the thing that Tony Robbins says. You mirrored me. Like, that's how I talk. Yeah. And if you meet me, I, I, that's how I, I listen to that. That's you want to get my attention. You just popped me right quick and you did. So to me, when I did your course, it popped me over that edge of like, you're right. You need to stop trying to do everything and let people do that. And if you don't, they get rid of them and get another one. Yes. We talked a lot about that. It's actually a question I have for you. It's like, there are reps that are listening right now that want to up their game. They want to be in the top five. They want to be in the top two. Tell us the importance of having a team and how you have, got it, a good structure going there? Well, first of all, the first thing I need to tell them is what are you willing to die for? And what are you willing to, to wager on it? Because that's what I loved about the Tim Grover book, Winning. Like that, that chapter on the darkness spoke to me. So sick. I'm sorry. By the way, it's Winning by Tim S. Grover, y'all. This is like the ultimate book. 
Oh, only if you want to be a killer and be on top, I feel the Brooke is appropriate, but it's unbelievable. Because it's about Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, and it gets into the psyche of who they were. They weren't the, the, the little things they put about them. They weren't probably the best dad. They weren't home all the time. They gave up huge amounts of themselves and their sanity and their health for that drive to be the right. best. And when I talk to somebody, when I meet somebody, what are you willing to do? When I drove a truck, I was willing to drive all night, eat crappy, and be gone all the time. Now, later on, as my kids are now grandkids, grandkids I sometimes were one, I wonder sometimes was the cost too much, but I was trying to make a living. So when I got into this job, when I, my mentor was, is, and was a top rep. He said, this is what you got to do, or I can't, I don't have time for you. So I work weekends. I still do this day. I'm a workaholic. So when I see somebody who wants to talk about, well, I want to do this and backpack Europe. Okay. We don't speak the same language. So when you do do that book by Tim S. Grover, it gives you permission to be okay with, you have to sacrifice something. Yeah. So to me, when I built a team, I was jacked up because I think everything is kumbaya. You were telling me if somebody's in the wrong position, then there's a great book by uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Yes. Read chapter seven is where I fired my last assistant is because you know when you have the wrong people in the wrong place. If they don't compliment you, like Hector, who's sitting right here, runs everything. Like I don't, I Hi, do Hector. the thing to make me. Hector, we love you. I'll fire you too. Um, he's my he son. Won't. But yeah, yeah. But you know, the thing is about it, he's paid the cost. And that's one thing people got with me. I asked questions and was willing to do what it took. There are a few things that aren't negotiable. My wife is not negotiable, but every, my children, yes. But what's not negotiable? I like winning and I like being the best. And I don't get a jealous of when I see people better than me. I mean, we got the number one rep in this whole company. I'm talking all of Fidelity resides at Tycor San Diego. And he's 35 and he's amazing. Ryan Lipsy. And he's an amazing, and I just wanted to watch that because, but I also understand he, he brings it. So to me, when I, building a team is a process of, of making mistakes. That's where you came into my life. I was just sitting on an assistant that I'm having do bullshit, put posts on Facebook and take photos with my hats with boobs. And uh, about it. <laughs> But also I needed to define a job. You were the one telling me I, at one time you had five assistants because yeah. nobody's me. Don't duplicate me. There's only, we don't need another unruly person like myself. But I also was getting stuck at that 200 mark. I was getting stuck at a ceiling <coughs> that I couldn't pass. And now my bigger struggle is getting back out to the field consistently because I'm my best player sitting on the bench a lot because I'm right. doing running the team. But to me, like I said, it's coaching from the right voice was very important to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's still, I've never had a coach since. because I, pre I appreciate what, the loyalty, buddy. Well, because there's no other you, you need a redhead oh. in your life. Unless you can curse at me and tell me the, the problem because I'm married to one of those. I'm married to an Italian. She tells me, yeesh. I mean, your coach is Lisa and your wife's Lisa. What does that tell you? Yeah. But, you know, to me, a lot of it came from two. You know, like you said, I, I, I love seeing young, new eyes in this business, but I don't have a tolerance for bullshit of you just want to make excuses why you're not the best. I lose because this person has that. Don't give me that. Consistency outweighs anything. And, but to me, like I said, you know, going back to your clientele, it is important to know where your business comes from. Know your numbers. Know who's your people. Who are your VIPs? Who are your Chanel bags? Who are the people that are giving you the most business and get involved in their life? Because they right are now, Louis bags, but I like the Gucci. That was really cute. Uh, I forgot it was Louis. It was you know, Louis, but I love the Gucci. Like, I think I'm going to roll game with like Gucci Chanel. I think I can actually spin off of that. That actually got my mind working. So thank you for that. Oh, I do appreciate it. 
Let me ask you something. Who inspires you? The answer, the only thing in my life, and I'm not just, she's not going to see this. It's my wife. You know, when I met my wife, I was a loser. You know, I was a divorced dad of one. Um, I was broke mentally, physically. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I've written a hundred times about her, um, 30 years. And she's the only person I want to impress. The only one. And let me tell you, it's not just... She's a Sicilian from New Jersey. And let me tell you, bringing back not enough to eat are some bullshit numbers. And every every month she asks me, what are you going to close? And she asks me at the end of the month because she knows I need that. Now, it's not like she gives me what I need, which is I feel every month I'm naked in front of her and it ain't enough. Um, (laughs) But she knows it drives me right now. If you look, this wristband I'm wearing, and it says, "Remember your wife," and my oh. wife, my wife Lisa, because when I when we got together, my wife's worked since she was 13. Uh, um, she was a single mother at 19, and she became a dominant real estate agent, and she allowed me in her life with my son. And my goal since day one, and if I can look, I can show you my wallet, was a piece of paper that says, take care of her for life. So she didn't have to work because our whole career, our whole life, she had to work. And it drove me. It drove me to say, one day I'm going to write you checks. And I write her an offensive allowance check every month. It is offensive. It's never enough. Now she just writes her own damn checks, but it's offensive. I, mean, she- I have to say something because I don't want to forget because you are so onto something right now. On a point, I've been trying to drive to my students. You just set me up. So I, I need to swing the bat. I tell people all the time. First of all, that risk, I want that band. I, I feel like that's something that everybody should be wearing. It should be pinned up. It should be red. Number one. Number two. I tell people, careful when you say what your why is, because people will stop going, my why is my wife, Lisa, and they'll put a period and a story at the end of that. That's not the why. That's not the why. Listen to what he said. The why is the note in the wallet. And the note, what? Let me tell you this. If you don't know the why, the how doesn't matter. And if you know your why, the how is easy because you means you're not going to come home unless you have something to eat. It is the reason why I sat outside of an office crying because I knew I was going to walk into a really humbling, sad thing because when you're brand new, no one's giving you time. No one gives a crap until you start showing them why. And the only thing, let me tell you folks, I'm in the down market, 0789. I'm in a, I'm in a Ford Expedition with 250,000 miles on it and transmission brakes. And you don't really have to borrow the money from your wife. That's a humbling thing. So it is the reason why when people like, they don't understand me, you need to understand my why and where I come from. I am not. She took a she took a, a, a chance on me 30 years ago. I mean, I was a loser. High school dropout, not exactly a lot going on. But I told her. And to this day, if she, she would tell you, that is what drives me. She does not bother me to go in the office on Saturdays, Sundays, got to go deal with this. She just gives me nothing. She says, go get it. Because she knows my wife. Now, there are times in my career where the why, how to get there was going to be a problem. I was, I made a stand early on in my career that I didn't go to certain clubs with clients because my why I, you know, was just, that wasn't going to be me. Uh, I stopped bringing food early on when we could. It just wasn't going to be, that's not who I am. But the why has never changed. 
I mean, people tell me, and that's why I ask my, my people that work for me, tell me your real why. Because sometimes, right. sometimes it's Coke and hookers. I've never heard that one. <laughs> but that may be, that may be oh, your goal. To get well, if you're young and you want a fast car and, you know, and I'll tell you this quick story. I had a vision board early. And I recently got one of my goals I had since I was 14. I got a car. The thing that scared me the most, and maybe people listening to this understand, is I got the car, I sat in it, and I felt nothing for it. Literally zero. They could have took it right there. I just didn't care because it, it was just the thing. And then I'll tell you the downside of all this. If that doesn't get under control, then nothing means anything. Then nothing will stop you. I mean, I made more money than I've ever thought in my, I wrote down. But there has to be that why. The reason you get up in the morning, the reason you go into that office, the reason that when people tell you you're not good enough, you show and prove them wrong. Let me tell you, I'm not the person they hand trophies to. Every year that we go to an award ceremony, and I win, they have somebody else do the talk for us, another rep. Now they say the reason is because, you know, you know, you know, but that's who, not what they want to sometimes promote, but that's who goes out and does it. So to me, like for everybody that's just on their journey, you just need to keep it and you need to know your why. I don't care whatever your why is. It needs to be something that means something to you to get up and go back and fight. You're so onto something though. I just can't let it go. I'm sorry. Cause this is where people struggle. They're trying to figure out their why and they can't. And the problem is when they put it down, like my kids are my why I go, I have kids too. My kids are my priority. I get it. They, I will take a bullet for these humans. Let me tell you something. That's not my why though go another layer, go deeper, go deeper. My why is financial freedom with my children. So they're encompassed, but there's a bigger why there. I don't want to move out of this house. I don't want to go paycheck to paycheck. I don't want the, you know what I mean? It's, you got to drill on the real true why. Thank you for being an example of that on this podcast. I mean, the reason they don't get their why is because what in their brain, they're thinking what everybody's going to think is cool or whatever they say, their family, their, you know, faith and better this, that may be it. But like I said, I use the joke, Coke and hookers. No one says something that won't sound like cool or they'll be judged on it. Uh Like for somebody to say, hey, I just want to get a car and you're married. Yes, your kids are your why. And I agree with that. Like thinking of your kids not eating, like my kids coming out of private school, they didn't give me a choice. They weren't going to. They just like, listen, chubby go figure this out or go back to driving the truck. We ain't got time for this. We ain't going to a public school. God forbid I did. But, you know, to me, the why was never to let my wife think like this guy is a loser. And I went through a lot of changes. I mean, I went through a lot of my career was always like that movie where you don't know this guy's you know, going to make it. But to me, the why has never changed because I want her to be proud of me. I love that. Uh, it matters. Well, and you know, financial freedom. I just didn't want my wife to worry. Like I want her, as you know, she shows horses. I want yes. her to make sure that she can do that because she allowed me to be me. And that's important to me. That's then, very important. You know, especially when you have personality plus, plus, plus. Yeah. And I appreciate that. But also there is a reason all 17 years of my career have been at Tycho. I work for Kenji Kikuchi, who's one of the, he's another one of the reasons why, because he has allowed me to be me. Yeah. He never said, let's, you know, it's like that movie, not to be you, but it's a little bit different. He always let me be me. And that's important because I see, you know, people in management that doesn't want them to, they want you to, this is the way we look. This look is at Britney Spears. Well, I'm sorry. If you were a fat co-rep, that's exactly what you be, you know, they, they, they put a product out now that I have a group. I like conformity too. This is what we look like. This is what we offer. And if not, this is, you know, I like my stuff to look a certain way. 
<clears throat> but it has to be me because your clients are bullshit detectors. Like what makes you different? Like I remember having to try to run out with desk calendars to get ahead of FACO who always had them first. And that's just dumb. Like what is a calendar? What is that? I wouldn't even buy those. Like, why do we even hand those out? Like, what is, when did we become that? Because we decided to be that. So now the, the new reps coming out, which I like, they're business consultants. They didn't come from the title world. They, they, they will either sell this or iPhones. They, 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 they are just salespeople. I got somebody on my team. He was a top rep at Cisco. And he don't care about the history of this, but he's a salesperson. He is good. I mean, he is magic. And I look at that and I go, wow, okay, cool. So to talk to them about, hey, hand out this, uh, rec the county recorder schedule. What? But it's, So I can hear my audience right now. They're like, then what do you do? Then what do you do where people use you if you're not, you know, like what, what is your, what's your it factor? Well, here's the deal. Um, I'll tell you real quick. I do my homework. Social media is the greatest tool in the world. It lets me see you without me seeing you. It's called voyeurism. And I do my homework. So when I approach a client, I know their defect pretty much. I know their lender. I know their escrow. I know everything. I do my homework on them. So it's like games of thrones. I'm sure people can identify. When you approach somebody with a suit of armor, you don't hit them where the, they're covered. You look at the back of that thing. There's a little opening right there. And you say, if you get hit there, you're dead. And I know their defect. It's either marketing. It's either, it isn't pens and pencils. The greatest thing is when they look at me and go, oh, title's title. Okay. It's changed. We're consultants now. We're business partners. And I approach you, Lisa. I'm like, hey, Lisa and Anthony, I just want to talk to you. I'm going to see if we're a match first. I'm going to talk to you differently. I'm going to say, hey, I see that you have some open houses that are sitting. Have you thought about retargeting and refreshing those? I mean, I see that you had that one for 60 days. I mean, information's key right now. And they may go, no. But mostly they're going to be like, they're running a business. Like, I've been looking at your marketing. It looks kind of sad. It doesn't look so great. And okay. Now, what if somebody says to you, you know, I'm good. My rep takes care of it. I don't need anything. And you're getting the no and the rejection. They stay in my database and you get text messages for me all the time. I've had in the last several years, maybe one or two tell me to take them off. Because first of all, as you know, because I send them to you, my text messages are funny. Like I put okay. some kind of make fun of myself or I make something that people aren't going to be offended because they've been spammed to death. But every message has a, I'm available right now on Sunday to take your calls. I've actually done that with a rep. Here's a phone, call your rep. It's Sunday. I'll call him for you because I know his number and they don't answer. So that's just, but I also know, know them. Like I know them. I know my target audience, like you said. I got a VIP list that I'm constantly letting them know, hey, man, and they talk about that. Like if you and Ryan were dating, the backup, you know who's there. Like there's a backup. And, he, <laughs> and let me tell you, it is better. My wife had a boyfriend. It is better being the backup because anything that guy feels you're on your neck. And let me tell you, if I'm in the backup position as you as a client and you're their rep, you got a problem because I won't give up. I won't stop. It takes sometimes two, three years to get a, a, a needle mover, a Prada bag, uh, Gucci. Oh, we got Prada now. I'm loving this. But here's the deal. I do the money works, which means I know how much that client's worth to me. And when I look at somebody and say, I'm going to make $15,000 a year on this person or maybe 10000 a month. And you can't put a little time towards most people don't run their business. Their business runs them or they're not even in the business. They're reps. Yeah. I have reps like that. You know, you, I just you did help. a, I just did a video about, are you an account manager or sales executive? Cause they are, they're different. There's actually two different going around in this industry. That's for sure. What drives me. And this was early in my career. There's somebody that was in your money works or in your coaching program became my manager for a minute and he, I was pretty just to let you know who I am and there are people that will back this story I was in a meeting with a bunch of reps and he said to me what is your goal and I said not to answer to people like you 
because they didn't have my best interest and they didn't know who I was. And I wasn't going to be that prototypical rep. This guy is very heavy classes, heavy in this. That ain't me. But to me, you have to know your value proposition. I know it. And when people say no to me, I'm like, cool, move on to the next one, but I'll be back. Because right now, think about it. They're you. They, you know, I don't need solar till I need solar. And the people that I work with are just people that kept in contact with me. So you have to run your business or you're not in this business. You're somebody that can be downsized in this business. The only thing that keeps you is what you produce. And to right. me, I never wanted to be somebody where they're like, no, we don't care about that guy. So I've gone as low as number six in my area to now I'm number two, almost catching somebody who's been number one for 30 years. And that comes from, by the way, it takes a tribe. My manager, Lisa Crown, my why, and other people in my life. Because here's the deal. People want to hear bullshit. I don't go to anybody that tells me what I want to hear. I just was in my manager's office yesterday and I said, tell me my defect. And he reeled off about six things that hurt me. They hurt me. They made me cry, but I didn't let him see it. I sucked <laughs> and went through the shades and put on like a Dido album and cried. You know what I said on this video that I said account manager versus sales exec? I said a sales exec, an executive with the mindset is down for feedback, is down for the raw truth, is down for someone to tell them those defects and you just walked in there yesterday. <laughs> well, because here's the deal. Because he told me, because he changed my life too, what changed my next thing. When I go in there and I, he goes, you're acting like a bitchy little rep right now. I got no time for this. It's like when you're an older kid and your parents <laughs> told you there's no Santa Claus and they just said, be cool for your brother and sister. And you're like, what? I'm six. What are you, what are you talking about? But there's certain, like when you become part of the fabric of the company, I just don't, and I know a lot of reps, they walk around like Hollywood in this cloud of, you can't tell them anything because you Britney Spears. You can't tell them anything because they're supporting. Oh, you got my joke. I thought I was going to have my editor take that out. I was like, it didn't land. No, uh, saying, the Britney she... Spears is beautiful because it's beautiful when you walk around. Like, let me tell you, I have a bunch of yes people. I can. They will kiss me from here to, but I won't. They don't, nobody in my life is somebody that tells me what I want to hear because I want to know my defect because that gets you killed. I was Isn't saying it? because they were making her be somebody that she just didn't want to be. Next thing you know, she's shaving her head. She was just so sick of being in a box. She wanted to do her thing, you know? She was a problem. It's like if you see the new Elvis movie. I did. Comes, did you see it? Well, no, but my Hector told me, and I heard enough because he was a product. He became where he didn't want to be, and later on, he became a product. And You have to see it. It was so good. Three hours, though. Three-hour movie. So no, I, I, you know, Hector just, he came to me, do you know this guy, Elvis? I'm like, holy <laughs> Jesus Christ, I want to cry. Yeah, I know what Elvis was. But to me, like I said, if anybody's taking, listening to this, part of the thing is, and I'll tell you, the other thing that kills you, ego ain't your amigo. And I got one. About ego ain't your amigo. And anytime I walk into an office where I got that ego going, because tell me, my Hector can tell you, I got one that I feel pretty good about myself. But let me tell you something. When you're in it for you and not them is when you lose the world. Think about it. There it is. Be good. Yeah, I'm gonna that that could be a podcast right there. That is so good. You're absolutely right about that. I appreciate that. Listen, I I know you got to you're on your times volleyball. I'm gonna throw one more question. Actually, two more. Here's my one I have for you. So the market's shifting. You've got people that are in the top ten, five, and two percent. Their business is dipping. Um, it's it's almost catastrophic, Anthony, of how they're losing sight and strength and vision and feeling kind of down, what advice do you have for them? Shoot them straight. Embrace it. I think it's great because if you have to just outlast them one more minute, one more mile, get the book by just one more by Ed Millett. It's 
I'm excited because I was too new in the up market last. I was super new in the down market, but I feel this is great because let me tell you, you have to see it this way. If your ceiling is, let's say, let's just say, for example, 200,000 a month in closings, but your floor is a hundred, that's still a great living. Now think about your competition. There's a, their ceiling's 50, but their floor's 20. Now you gotta, you gotta outlast me. So I think it's great because it becomes you versus me. It becomes when things are too good, everybody's got transactions, nobody's paying attention, the club, the club is loud. But when this happens, the, the volume starts coming down and people start listening to what reps are saying. So embrace it. If you're not embracing it, let me tell you, if you're a rep that's going around and handing out literature about recessions and talking negative, get out of the business. Yep. Nobody wants Debbie Downer. Nobody. You need Correct. to be excited and go, I'm going to take the market share. I'm excited. We're we, Every day, me and Hector are excited. I'm going to take market share. I love it. I love that. Okay, last question before I release you and Hector to the wild. Um, in life and in business, what do you know for sure? Change is constant. It's the, it's the only thing that happens. It's the rule of the jungle. That's why bears hibernate. They know the winter's coming. Every time, just like clockwork, they get ready because they know it's coming. Cycles, we cycled a lot longer than we should have. People needed to be prepared. And there are people that the winner's just going to get. But the problem is, is you need to realize change is necessary. Like I said to people, if you would have told me six years ago that I was going to get in a car drunk with a guy driving or a girl that I don't know, I would call you a liar. I call that Uber now. Like if you were going to tell me that your mom post photos of you, your vacations on a, on a social site, things change is necessary. And these people that talk about high school and shit like that, like living in this past, it, it, it's not good. Yes, it is nice to have things steady, but it is necessary or we're going to have pagers or we're going to have phone booths. And, and, and to me, it's necessary to change it's necessary. And if you change with them, you're going to be ahead of it. Be accepted to it. Because for all the, the real estate gods give you a good, and then they everything, it's never too good or too bad for too long. Mm -hmm. And that's all I really know is also life happens. So just do the most. If you're going to go out there, do your best. So like I said, accept change. Because there are people that won't get through this because they're old school and they won't change. And if you're just per people handing out papers, then unfortunately, we don't need that. So change a few things. We need title technicians, which I'm sure there are plenty out here that are screaming at this. But like I said, change is constant and embrace that. Because look what we're doing right now. I literally don't have pants on right now. Like I have no pants on, just a shirt. It, it's so freeing. I have a fan underneath there. And the breeze is amazing. That we could do this is amazing. I haven't wore pants for I don't know how long. People talk about the pandemic. I didn't. Finally, they had to come to me and human resource said, could you wear pants? I said, no. Get out of that bathing suit. <laughs> said, you look like the fatter Tom Sulek. Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, look at this. And let me tell you, Zoom was the greatest thing. You could do meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. You don't have to go to an office meeting. What a great thing that was. What a gift. What I love that you brought that up about change, Anthony. That yeah. was so spot on. You are absolutely right. I would mic drop right after that because I think Ladies people have change such their hair fear. Every five months. They, people change their hair color every five months, but they won't change their style. Let me tell you something. This is, this is like a grease pig. You never have a hold of it that, and it's like I said, embrace change. Change is the greatest tool. You have a Bluetooth in your car for a reason. That might be a dumb one. Cut that one out. That's kind of <laughs> dumb. But anyway, 
I don't want to take the one I'm not wearing pants out too, so I don't get a call from Human Resources. That's funny. You know, I'm leaving it. You were naked from the waist down. No. <laughs> You're the greatest thing ever. I love you. I um, love you too, buddy. Go. I appreciate you. Your big giant heart. Your giving spirit. I can't. Um, you're just, you're, you're awesome. You're one in a billion. And I appreciate you sharing your words of wisdom and being raw and real on this podcast. You dropped a lot of nuggets and you gave us a lot of takeaways. You gave me takeaways. So I appreciate that. Um, leave my, you're awesome. leave, my leave my information from a, uh, <laughs> Lisa, Lisa crown dropout. You can contact me. I'll, I mean, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll help. Any, any advice they need, I, I'll help because <laughs> you reinstated once. Jesus, I had to have, okay. have Kenji. I, I got to design summer school because of you. So thanks. That made me some good money. I appreciate you, babe. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye, Hector. Bye. Hector. Don't say anything, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> Take <these. laughs>